Welcome back to AP Lit Alert. This is Eric. Of Need. And Savia. As the school year is winding down, it's time to say goodbye for now. We're going on an indefinite hiatus. Kind of like One Direction. But don't worry, we'll be back. We're already planning our reunion podcast on U of I's quad this coming school year. But before we leave, we're releasing a two-episode series finale where we discuss our personal stories and experiences with literature in an AP Lit class and out of it. We'll also discuss how literature has helped us, will continue to help us, and how it's shaped our unique and individual perspectives. So without further ado, let's get into our series finale. So we're going to start out by defining literature for us. And what I think the definition is, anything that we decide to consume um, in literature has value because we are reading it and purposely choosing to consume it or listening or watching something. And for example, we're just going to talk about a different medium of literature from our childhoods and now. And I'm going to start off with talking about Harry Potter because I... Harry Potter has been a really big part of my life since second grade when I first read it. I dressed up as Hermione um, for Halloween one year. Um, and I've it's just always been a really big part of my life. And like, even now it still is. And I've met a bunch of friends through liking it, which is really nerdy. But I think that there's something special about it and like the movies and the books, because it really just takes you somewhere else that you could never imagine to be possible. And um, I think that's one really special part of literature where that can happen. And especially with films that go along with books, like it just comes to life and makes you wish for something that you can't have, which sounds really sad, but in a way it's like a nice feeling if you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. I definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Yeah, honestly, that made me think of um, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Um, for me personally, I listen to her because I really like her um, storyteller vibe and like how her lyrics tell a story that's personal and meaningful to her. And it's also personal and meaningful to the people who listen to her. And so I think that to me, she's more of a storyteller than she is a musician. Yes, her main occupation I guess is a musician but her impact is because of her storytelling and how it um, reaches other people and up until this class I really don't think I considered it to be literature until you know we got to analyze um, Lemonade and um, just got to see how different aspects of musical music videos and lyrics can be considered literature. Yeah, I love yeah. when musicians, like, storytell and do all that kind of stuff. That's why I love Hozier, too, because his lyrics are so, like, expressive and emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I really liked, like, listening to, like, the Dissect podcast after the one Dissect podcast that we had to listen to, which was, was it was it Childish Gambino? Am I remembering yeah, that correctly? Yeah. yeah, after that one, you I... Were supposed to listen to that? Yes, we were, Erica. Oh. <laughs> I guess I never listened to that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I listened to, after that one, I went and listened to a 
Frank Ocean's podcasts, like the ones that they did about like my like two favorite songs by Frank Ocean, and I thought that was really cool that they Which analyzed songs? it. P- Pink and White and Nights. Oh, I love yeah, Pink and White. Pink and White. Oh my god, Pink and White's a classic. I love Pink and White is my favorite. I love Ivy and Chanel and um, oh, White Ferrari. Yeah, like, when I'm sad. I just listen to White Ferrari, and it just oh, it's so good. I listened to last year. Um, I got my like Spotify Wrapped or whatever, and I listened to Pink and White 103 times oh, in a God. year, which I don't even know how I did that, but <laughs> so yeah. But again, like um, not just music too. Like um, Marvel also like really impacted me as a kid. Um, oh, my dad has been collecting comics since he was in middle school. So, like, if you go into our basement right now, there are white, like, there's white boxes, and they're filled with, like, laminated comics, and they're probably, like, worth a lot, actually. But, like, there's, like, probably. he has, like, he has, like, drawer, like, cabinets and cabinets full of, like, these boxes. There's probably, like, a thousand down there. And so, like, I used to go and, like, read those. And, like, I think I always considered that a part of literature, too, because it's, they showed stories in, like, um and there's literally literary elements and stuff and I feel like in like high school too like we don't really talk about like graphic novels that much mm-hmm. and they're they are just as impactful as books in my opinion for sure, for sure. and then you take like the comics and they turned into like the movies and they're those are like amazing too so yeah um that I don't know why that made me think of um this one series I used to read when I was little um called Bollywood Babes and I think it was in fourth or fifth grade maybe and it was like the first time that I ever read like a story that had like Indian or like South Asian representation mm-hmm. and that was just like so cool for me to like read those books and then like realize that like people and story like stories and like literature can be about anything and anyone and it can still be impactful to you and so yeah. I thought that was pretty cool I don't know why that made me think about that but I thought that was pretty cool um how like I still remember it now because mm-hmm. like I don't know it was it was I, it wasn't even like I don't even think it was that great of a story I think it was <laughs> just like like the representation for me we definitely don't see like I haven't read many stories with South Asian representation no yeah so that's something that I should look into like more <laughs> books that have like that representation yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually read a book that had like a Jewish, an explicitly Jewish character, except like Red, White, and Royal Blue, which I literally just read this year. So that's like, yeah. 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 But I think another really interesting part of literature is fan fiction, like the nerdiest thing ever. But I know you nerds can relate. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it reminds me anytime I read it that literature can be whatever you want it to be, especially like when stories seem to fail us. Like so many stories don't have the representation they need. Like Harry Potter has the horrible representation. It's so sucky. But then people like take what Joanne failed to do and like make it into something really special. And um, same with Marvel stories, like how they erase Mm -hmm. Wanda's identity and like, they Clint was deaf in the novels but made him like hearing in the movies and then people in fan fiction take it and make it the way that they want it to be yeah mm-hmm. um and I think that's really special and because and like head cannons too head cannons are some of like my favorite thing ever and you can 
make the character however you want the character to be. Like, I really enjoy the headcanon that Bucky Barnes is Jewish because yeah. I don't know something about it. And because um, Sebastian Stan is, I think. And I saw a picture of, like, Sebastian Stan at, like, a Passover Seder and I started crying. <laughs> yeah, oh. Because, like, it's so hard to find representation and then you, like, find a really good fan fiction and it just, like... It, it feels great. Yeah. Fan fiction, honestly. Go ahead, Nate. Sorry. I, I was just going to say that, like, you never really, like, notice, like, erasure, eraser, erase. <laughs> you never really notice, like, that. Erasure? <laughs> erasure? Yes. Oh, my brain is glitching. You don't notice it until it happens to, like, you. Or yes. you don't notice mm-hmm. it until someone else points it out, and then you reflect upon it, and then you're like, wow, this is so messed up. Like, Mm -hmm. um, with Marvel, I didn't really know much about the comics until, um, I think over quarantine, maybe I, I've been watching the movies for a really long time, but, um, I never got into the novel, uh, till more recently. And there's so many, like, things from the comics that would have just Marvel so much, like the movies just a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it has to do with like the representation and stuff and I don't know I think they're starting to make up with it now with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and how they're explicitly talking about like racism and like the kind of like racist history of like Captain America which I think is really cool mm-hmm. but it's definitely mm-hmm. like it's definitely very sucky when you realize that you could have like gotten that representation that we're clearly like yearning for but like it was yeah. kind of purposely excluded yeah. And what you said earlier about or kind of just now about how you don't realize that like um erasure is happening or like something's like you you don't pay attention to one specific part and I think that's like it still happens even when it's put right in front of you cuz I see people on like Twitter and TikTok or whatever talking about the Falcon Winter Soldier talking just about like Bucky and completely ignoring yeah. the whole yeah. part of the story about like yeah. Captain America's race's origins and like how Sam like they don't they're not paying attention to Sam or Isaiah's like entire story even when it's mm-hmm. being spoon fed to you like you can spoon feed people information and stuff and they still ignore it it'll still go over their heads I yeah. bet that really like that week I, I don't know if it was episode four or five when they like talked about Isaiah Bradley and I was like I was so mad because I was mm-hmm. like literally sobbing that part was like that was the most emotional part of the episode for me and yeah, I love so Sebastian upsetting. Stan as much as every other teenage girl loves Sebastian Stan. But, like, <laughs> like there's, like, a time and a place to, like, sin. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like, everyone, like, everyone's so, like, I don't know. Everyone's so um, performative with their activism. And, like, when it's, like, literally, like, in front of you in, like, the stuff that you watch in, like, your entertainment. And you don't, like, say anything about it. I think that's just really shameful. It, like, really mm-hmm. made me upset. it's surprising how ignorant people can be like I like even when during that whole um those few episodes when they were released and I was on Twitter and like people were like blatantly ignoring it and then and then other people would get mad and they'd be like no that's not what it is but like it is it's even if you don't even if you don't mean it like not paying attention to what the episode like that what is about like what they're trying to bring they're trying to bring that subject matter to light not explicitly not paying attention to it is being ignorant so yeah Yeah, people just choose to be ignorant and it's so annoying and it's like 
so tiring to have if you're an activist or you want to stick up for a community of people it's so tiring to spoon feed information to people because they just right completely ignore it and I feel so bad for like the writers and like um of Falcon Winter Soldier and like Sam and all the people who worked really hard on it and like trying to get like this information out and trying to like make a difference and then people just are ignoring it yeah I I hope that like as we get older um like new forms of like not new forms of literature but like more diversity will be shown Mm -hmm. in literature like explicitly you know with like when it whether it's with race or sexuality or like whatever like just to see more of what we see in our like day-to-day lives that'd be really nice yeah yeah on that on the kind of topic I've, I've seen like I don't know how I got to that side of TikTok but on my for you page like a few times I've gotten videos about moms like sharing children's books with diversity and it makes me like so happy and it, like mm-hmm. I get a warm feeling in my chest because like I never read any books like that. Like, the most diverse oh book. Or, like, I don't even know. Because I read... I didn't read Erica. anything like that. Erica, you literally just unlocked a memory in my brain. Oh of my what? Okay, so when when my sister and I were little, my mom used to read... Do you guys know the... Um, oh, my God. It's like the it's like the kids' books. with like like They're, like, different color people. Like, blue, green yellow and they're like like wobbly and they like shake and stuff they're like no bigger things no oh no. and i think the book was called it's okay to be different oh and then it was Aww. like it, it just like showed like it was like the most like the most innocent thing it just showed like different like like a green person and then like a yellow person and then it was like oh i'm sad because i'm not green and then like the green person was like i'm sad that i'm not yellow and then i guess it was just like about like like mm-hmm. how everyone's like beautiful in their own way. That I don't oh, know. That's why. so Aaron, cute. That's, that's you just made me remember that. Um, yeah, I wish that there was stuff like that when we were kids, and the fact that there's like so many more books now about it. Because the person in the video was sharing, there's a book about like a um trans kid and um different religions and disabled kids and like all this stuff, and it gives it gives me like hope for the future because more more people are writing about this stuff and trying to spread love because you know hate is taught it's not like inherent Mm -hmm. especially like I think the first like diverse children's book I read was like in like seventh grade and that was like we were doing like a study on like censored books or like we were trying to like argue like which books shouldn't be censored and stuff and it was I don't know if you guys remember like reading I feel like it was a pretty like well-known book about like two penguins like being gay oh my god I was and they were like bring that up yeah 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 that book so like and there was this whole like discussion about like whether or not it should be censored and I was like this is like the first time I'm seeing a diverse book like this in the first place like I'm so used to reading like books with like you know like straight white people like I didn't even think about like (laughs) any other like any other like kind of diversity but yeah yeah that just reminded me of that yeah, I was literally going to bring that up because my sister bought that book, but mm-hmm. I was in, like, we were in seventh or eighth grade. Like you said, it wasn't even, like, a time when we were reading children's books still. Like, right. all the children's books I read were, like, Geronimo Stilton and A to Z Mysteries and, like, Boxcar Children, mm-hmm. which didn't have any, like, diversity. Like, that's not what they were focused on or anything. Definitely not. I don't even know what Geronimo Stilton was <laughs> like talking about but that was my favorite <laughs> i love john Wilson. 
Yeah. Hopefully future generations. I found the book. It's called It's Okay to Be Different by Todd Parr. Oh, nice. That's cute. Oh my god, I remember this. Yeah, even Erica, what you're saying about, like, the books that we grew up reading, like, even, like, like, Junie B. Jones and, like, Mm -hmm. Dork Diaries, like, they were, like, stories about, like, white people. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know if that's, I mean, it's not necessarily good, but, like, it wasn't, I definitely wasn't good for us to just, like, hear stories Mm -hmm. through that point of view. Yeah. Um, about books like in high school and literature that has mattered to me I know that the book thief has mattered to me a lot mm-hmm. um, because it was I don't I don't know I feel like the literature selections at Lake Park they're okay they're not the best there's not like that much diversity there's there's never been a single book with like a gay person in it that I remember Mm -hmm. and one of my friends he had he's had like I think two meetings or something with people from the literature department uh the English department about like having more diverse um books in that sense um but the only two like holocaust books that we had were the book thief and that was a summer book and then we had night and Mm -hmm. um night was just kind of like it was shortened we didn't really talk about it not a lot and I loved that book I think it's a really good book but sometimes like it's so hard to read stories like that it's and it's kind of similar to now like if you're reading trauma so much it's so hard to like in like take it in and it gets exhausting to read about it and how now people like share um stories of like hate crimes and um all this stuff and they'll share videos of um attacks and police brutality and it gets exhausting for a member of that group to see it so I think that's why I like the book thief a lot because it's not like focused precisely on like um concentration cancer all that stuff um Mm -hmm. So I love that book. It I th- it's like really special to me. Um, and I watch the movie like all the time when I'm sad. It's like one of my comfort movies, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. But like, <laughs> if I want a good cry, I just watch it and then I I'm all set. Erica, that definitely <laughs> makes sense. Um, my well, okay, this is kind of off topic with the high school books that really matter to us. But um, my comfort movie is like a movie with like representation for me too. So, like, that totally makes sense um, that even though it's, like, a sad movie, that it's, like, a comfort movie for you. Mm-hmm. I really like the book thief in general, even, like, like the representation, obviously, like, like the d- different diversity and, like, seeing that perspective was really special as well. But, like, I really liked it just because, like, it was, like, the one book that I got, like, attached to, like, the characters and, like, the story. And, like, it's mm-hmm. the only book that we've read through school that's made me cry. So, it's just the 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 rest of them I feel like all just blend together not mm-hmm. saying that like we don't like I obviously like I loved reading like um some of the books that we've read like in school I feel like a lot of the stories that we read follow like the same formula where it's like um you know like a young black girl like going through her trauma I feel like we've read like three or four different like books just like that yeah. and like 
Yeah. I'm obviously the, that's a very important story and a very important perspective, but I would like to see a little bit more different yeah, perspectives as well. Definitely. I mean, we the most diverse like reading selections we've had were in World Lit. Mm-hmm. Because we'd like the Kite Runner and um, Purple Hibiscus, and I love mm-hmm. both of those so much. And they were really, it was like yeah. really refreshing to like read diff- like something different. Yeah, I like um, I like the books we read in World Lit. I was just like really like confused on why we read All Quiet on the Western Front in a world literature class. Yeah, it was weird. Because it took place in like America and it was from the lens of like a white male. Yeah. And like, we also know, read think... Macbeth, didn't we? Yeah. Yes, I just we did. That, that class had so much potential to like mm-hmm. to find diverse readings because it was literature. And I think, I honestly just think that the two most diverse books that we read were The Kite Runner and Purple Hibiscus. And even The Kite Runner, half of it took place in America. So I don't. I don't know. I, I they could have done better. Yeah. Yeah. That class had potential. And Oedipus, too. Why the heck did we read Oedipus and, like, Macbeth written by... Well, Macbeth was by a white guy. I don't know who wrote Oedipus. Probably another white guy. And it wasn't, like, a world... They weren't worldly books. They didn't, like, talk about... It wasn't about, like, intersectionality of, like, race and how race is, like, treated in America or anything like that. It was just about... I don't, know, yeah. so, I don't even know what Macbeth was about. Some, like, he, he killed somebody, I think. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, honestly, that kind of just, I guess, I think that leads us into, like, just talking about AP Lit in general, because I think this class was different from other classes in the sense that we got to read, like, um, different books, but then we also got to hear about them from different points of view in our discussion groups. And, um... I like how we um, kind of got to analyze different, like, different types of literature. Um, I, like, definitely think that, like, being in, like, AP and honors classes in general has, like, ruined, like, I don't know, the fun that I used to get from reading. I, yeah. I feel like that's, like, a universal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, like, used to read a lot and stuff when I was little, but then, like, starting, like, high school, even starting middle school and taking, like, like, honors English classes kind of ruined the fun of, like, just reading for enjoyment because we were so, like, focused on, like, analysis. Like, you have to, like, I don't know, like, think so, like, deeply analyze the story to the point where you're, like, beating it to a pulp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I don't know, I think we just got a recovery from that with this class this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I think this class and the other classes, it made me not want to analyze yeah which like because I when I read things now and I think it's because of like AP lit and like talking to different people like outside of school and like um with different experiences that make me analyze it in a more like worldly view and like analyzing everything in a macro perspective not like the micro and um this class like really helped me because it made me want to analyze it in a good way not in the like oh find the metaphors or like what's the syntax of this paragraph yeah mm-hmm. yeah the flexed group discussions were something i haven't done like since middle school so it was nice to like break things down in a small group setting it's less less pressure to like participate but then you end up participating more because you know it's like a smaller group so it's more intimate it's more like a safer more comfortable place to like 
bounce off ideas and like communicate. Like I've never communicated with the teacher as much as I have with Mr. Bundelow, which is weird since we've been remote for majority of the year, but he's given us a lot of opportunities to like um, reach out to him and talk to him. And like a part of that is because of the flex group discussions. Mm-hmm. And I personally, like, I also really enjoy, like, the psychological aspect of, like, analyzing books, like, breaking down, like, a character's personality and, like, the themes yeah. and stuff. And that's something that we do in this book. And that's, like, that's more rewarding to me than, like, textbook in- analysis or, like, breaking down literary immense elements. Yeah. So I'd rather, like, look at yeah. a book and think, like, what's the purpose than, like, the big, pi- like, Erica, what you were saying, the macro, like, the big picture stuff. So that's what we did in this class, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. As much as I um, procrastinated my journals, like you guys know, I was a horrible roommate <laughs> sometimes. As much as I procrastinated them, like I actually enjoyed doing them because the questions were always really interesting and like kept me on my toes to like pay attention to what we were reading. It wasn't the same as like, oh, talk about the theme throughout this section of the book. It was talking about specific things and like how they relate to the novel and like the characterization of um, whatever main character there was in the book yeah so what do you guys think about like reading in general like how have how do you like want to keep reading after this class um I think I'm gonna I I have such a hard time finding books that I really enjoy and I think it's because I just I don't know like something about starting books just really makes me unhappy because I love Mm -hmm. reading but starting them is so hard so I want to try to like find books that'll uh, I'll enjoy and I think I should start with like maybe I'll just reread some books I already like because I saw I literally saw a TikTok about how uh, she was talking about um, getting back into reading because it's such Mm -hmm. a universal thing that like you fall out of love um with reading that you have to like kind of read the stuff that you used to like as a kid and I think that's why like so many like people reread Harry Potter and like adults reread like the YA novels because they are so good and they have like such a unique perspective yeah I know I'm probably gonna start with that I never thought about that that's really that's really interesting um to like and but and it definitely makes sense too because like those are the stories that we enjoy and that we like associate with loving reading yeah um I think for me I had like a reading slump but then I think quarantine helped me like get back into reading and it was just like like I know this sounds like cheesy I guess but like it was just like like one book like I it found one really good book and like it just kind of got me back into reading so what book um it's called The Hating Game it's like a romance and it was like it was like a short book so like I finished it in one day that was like my thing like like no matter how big or small the book I used to finish it all in one sitting because I could not like put a book down and then like pick it up and like try to like remember like where I left off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like I don't know it was just I guess that relates to, like rereading a book too because it was like the same like pattern of what I used to do with reading but now I have a whole stack of books right in front of me that I have to read. Yeah. I was like um, talking about this, like with my parents the other day about like losing my love for reading because I was like, just like you guys, I used to, I used to read um, throughout like elementary and middle school. And I used to literally like sit there and like consume books on the daily. 
But um, as I got older, like that fizzled out. So I, my dad showed me like an article and it said that adults are much more likely to um, cross reference when they read and they like compare real life people and things like, and things like what they're reading in a book. So like, as a kid, you get like consumed with like the, the world around, like the world that you're reading in, but like Mm -hmm. adults are much less likely to get consumed in that world. They're more likely to like stay in the present and like, it's harder for them to like divide their attention. Yeah. So it's like so much harder for us to like, as we get older to get transported by a book or get like lost in reading compared to like our 10 or like 11 year old selves because of the way like our minds have changed. So I think that's like one of the reasons why so many people's, um, like thirst for like reading fizzles out as as you get older mm-hmm. that's so depressing that is, I know. oh my god <laughs> that sucks oh my god <laughs> erica's gonna start crying right now <laughs> oh god, no i won't i won't i won't i'm not gonna cry guys yeah i mean i really love reading and i do want to try to take advantage of like any free time i get but like you know the older we get like the more responsibilities we'll have so it's hard to like like balance everything and like lose ourselves in a book so it won't be the same but like definitely I'm going to try to like make it a habit again see I honestly thought that that would never happen to me again but it it like it happens for I don't know it it just took like one book for me but like it it'll happen like don't worry don't let don't let that article like deter you There was a little period in time, like a few years. I think it was, it wasn't, it might have been right when Love, Simon came out. And I read Love, Simon in like a day. And then that made me like want to read more. And then that, that motivation died after like a month when we went back to school. Because I think I read mm-hmm. it over break. So as soon as we went back to school and I had to read like freaking Macbeth. I was like, no, nope, <laughs> It's <laughs> literally, I literally think it's like the act of like, forcing like us to read a book that we probably don't want to read and then like force but like making us like analyze it and like spoon feeding like analysis like down our throats it I I think it's just like that that like ruined like for me and it's it's, like arbitrary analysis too yeah because like freshman year I don't I I really liked um, Lord of the Flies but I could not tell you how we analyzed it I feel like it was all arbitrary stuff about like I don't know like I don't I don't know because it clearly it wasn't impactful enough for me to remember it and I don't know I think it's just the way that like English classes are set up in this country as a whole like it's nothing about like my teacher because I loved her but well yeah I mean if you go back to like elementary or middle school I don't know how it was for you Erica but I know for like me and of me we used to like our teachers would like take us to the library and we'd like pick out books like it would be like a part of our curriculum to find books that we enjoy and like we'd set like it's a very pro reading culture you know like you read more books you get like prizes and stuff so like I feel like everybody not just like the people who like to read all of the students around us would read and as we got into high school that wasn't like teachers didn't really push reading for enjoyment anymore so it wasn't you didn't have that time built in to like go to the library go force yourself to pick out a book and stuff so I feel like it wasn't like checked out a book from the like I was just about yeah me neither checked out a book from the Lake Park library like I don't even know what kinds of books there are because I've never even looked at the shelves yep Yep. and 
I mo- I checked out so many books in elementary school and then like middle school I barely checked out that many books but I was in like the book reading club I was, it was like it was me and like a f- like Paige and Sarah my best friends and then like one guy and it was Tommy Crocus <laughs> that was there mm-hmm. and um <laughs> then we all kind of like stopped doing it which was sad yeah. but the, the book club like disbanded mm-hmm. yeah that's just like natural you know I yeah because I feel like that's just like a part of like growing up like getting more responsibilities like being forced I mean we're forced to like read for school and we're forced to like stare at our computer and then like after that going to like go read more it's just I don't know yeah like I understand why that happens yeah okay so we've talked about like uh, past classes um and I think we should really talk about how like AP Lit has um given us like a different sense of what literature really is worth it's added up to us so what do you guys think um, I definitely think that, like, the biggest part of AP Lit that, um, helped me was the group discussions, because they were really mm-hmm. comfortable, and because you, we could pick, I got to be with you guys, I didn't have to be with people that I wasn't comfortable with, mm-hmm. um, and then we got used to the people that we were talking to, and I think doing those types of discussions are really gonna help me, like, in college, because I'm gonna feel like I can participate more, and, um, knowing that everybody is in the same boat, like when we're there, that they don't really know anybody and they might be scared to talk and nobody's yeah. going to be judging you for that. Um, I think that's definitely going to help me a lot. Yeah. I completely agree. I mean, I also like that this class veered away from like the classic structure of an English class too. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was refreshing. It was nice to have something different. Like I've never done podcasts before in a AP lit class or like an AP class so that was it's nice to just like go on here and just say say my thoughts and know that like you know the teacher will be like respecting it and like will like listening to it so I I just add on to that I definitely think that like this aspect of the class is kind of like instilled in me and probably everyone else too that like our like voice matters and like our opinions matter because Mm -hmm. it's a very comfortable environment to like say what we believe is true and yeah. to, like speak out about what we like believe in and I really appreciate that we have the space to do that because I mean I don't mean this in a negative way but I don't think that we've had that any mm-hmm. in any other class no. and so I really I really appreciate being able to like just like have this time because it, it, it's just it's just kind of like we're we're talking to each other about like whatever topic we have to talk about and it's it's refreshing but it's also like educational in a sense mm-hmm. yeah I like it in a lot of my other classes I always was scared to say like what I felt because that I thought the teachers seemed like no that's wrong like does anybody else have something to say or like yeah. that's not the right interpretation mm-hmm. but like how what are you to say that it's the right interpretation or not like mm-hmm. nobody really knows if the author's dead nobody knows what they meant right so and I feel like literature is meant to be interpreted in many different ways. Like, yeah, there's, there's meant to, right. There's meant to be multiple. It's what you, what you get out of it. And like, whatever, if you get something, if you get something different than what the author intended, it still is important. It's still impactful. So mm-hmm. thank you for tuning into this episode. We talked about some important topics today. We touched on diversity and representation in literature 
our childhood favorites, our experience with literature in high school, and how we felt about AP Lit as a class. Next week, we'll have an extra special guest on our final episode of AP Lit Alert. Tune in to find out who. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Choose. Okay. We did it. Yay. Yay. We literally just spent most of the time just bashing English classes and how we don't like to read. Who like our like world that teachers were because we were shitting on world that so much. We spent like like ten minutes after talking about how great AP Lit is, so it should be fine.